On this episode of the Burritos, Breaks, and Flies Micro-Tip Podcast, we'll be covering the season opener, day one, at Pyramid Lake. Couldn't be a more perfect day out there. Conditions, fish on, everything. Quite excellent. We'll have Jeff Taylor, member of the uh, of the Bearfish team, and he'll give a breakdown of everything that he saw out there. And we'll talk about recommendations and whatnot for the early season. Big thanks to our sponsors and supporters, uh, Loop Tackle, Adams Built Fishing, Monic Fly Lines, Semper Fly, Battleborn Beer. Without their support, uh, none of this would be possible. So support those brands that support us and support fly fishing. And uh, we hope you enjoy this Micro Tip Podcast. All right, and welcome to another episode of Burritos, Breaks, and Flies. This is going to be a micro-tip podcast, so it's going to be a quick and short one. And on this episode, we're going to cover the day one season opener at Pyramid Lake. And today I have with me the infamous Jeff Taylor. Welcome, Jeff. Thanks, Nico. You're welcome. (laughs) So, so Jeff had the advantage on the opener where he was out there bright and early with, with him and uh, and Blake, aka the Bishop, uh, all all ready to go, getting all pumped up. I remember getting the phone call the night before and the videos of the fish are everywhere, the bait balls are everywhere, and so the anticipation was pretty high. So, um, I didn't make it out till the afternoon, but um, but Jeff and Blake had a really 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 great morning um super good morning like exceptional so we kind of wanted to share that story and see what see what was working for jeff and and uh that way it could kind of fill some of you guys in if you're going to try to get some of that short early season fly fishing in at the pyramid because it is a short little stint with a with a special approach so so Jeff, why don't you kind of tell us what was what was the approach out there? You, you weren't fishing from ladders or anything like that. What, what what's the preseason about out there for those that don't know? Well, we started off getting there the night before, which was really cool. Like you said, we were up on the rocks watching, looking down in the water, and it was beautiful, crystal clear water, and the fish were just everywhere. You could see them cruising by, and they were cruising in six to ten inches of water chasing bait it was amazing not only were the bait balls out there you know flipping like coins on the water but they were coming in really close and chasing them up in the shallows and jumping over rocks i mean it was i was trying my hardest to get it on video and send it to you right because we were so excited we thought oh we're just gonna kill it and i thought don't jinx it because you know every time you say that the next day it'll shut down but right 
that wasn't the case. We woke up in the morning and we threw on some fins and jumped in the float tubes. Uh-huh. And uh, that's how we did it. Uh, but we were right off in, you know, 15 feet of water to start the morning. Yeah. And um, threw on these big old, you know, two and a half inch long, hairy, hippie. I don't know if they're called like a Clouser minnow looking thing yeah. with, with the the white and um, some olive in it. Mm-hmm. And I was um, helping, I was trying to take a picture of Blake with his first fish, you know, just right as kind of the lights coming out. It's real, you know, beautiful sunrise. And my rod almost just got yanked right into the water. Oh, just, wow. Yeah. So um, I wanted to switch to a different rod and I pulled that hairy hippie thing out and I tied it all up but I didn't put on my glasses and I clipped the line and threw the the um, hairy hippie back into the water <laughs> and it just sunk to the bottom and I thought oh I'm toast I don't have the fly that I wanted to have it looked right. like a little bait you know all these little little bait fish that were you know between two and three inches long yeah kind of a white and silver and olive and dark real dark olive back on them mm-hmm. So the only other fly I had just handy right then was this big uh, barbell eyeball um, minnow type thing with a real dark olive. Yeah. And I put that on and I let out eight feet of line from the tip of my rod and cut four in a row before it even sunk to the bottom. Just (laughs) every cast, just boom, boom, boom. And it continued that way. Amazing opener we got a little deeper. We went from, you know, 15 to 20, maybe out to 30 feet deep. But by, I don't know, 10, 30, we each had 15 fish. Wow. So it was, it was amazing. You know, for me, the that was my best personal opener. Just tons of fun, beautiful weather. Um, lots of people out there having fun, fishing from the rocks. Uh, no ladders, really, but the rocks were working with the spinning rod guys. Yeah. And then... Um, uh, the jigging guys were out there on the float tubes, and we were essentially, we were stripping full full sink line with a, I think they would have taken anything. But that uh, that real dark, dark olive, like the yaks that you've got tied up, those were perfect. Yeah, those things actually worked out well. That was a completely experimental run. Well, because we had good luck with the, the regular yak in spring, just that white chartreuse and white. It worked great, so I'm like, well, why, why couldn't we try that? So that was that was uh, um, one of my flies on my rig, and that's what they went for considerably. I mean, it looked like a little, it looked like a little tui chub, like yeah, and, well, and they whacked it. I mean, it was simple. I mean, yeah, it so amazing. it starts slowing down, and and mm-hmm. here you show up, and we go, well, it's slowing down a little, and you raked in another ten fish, right? Yeah, yeah, I, I so, ended up, I ended up with, <laughs> I ended up with, um, is either. 10 or 11 trout started losing count near the end of the day because they started really going at it and then the twoies like i was catching those adult chewies i mean the the twoies i mean those things were what 12 to 14 inch long like they were huge huge twoie (laughs) chubs and like you get one on and you're like oh i got a little trout and it comes up and every time one of those fish would come up it would have an lct chasing it like nipping at it at least majority of the ones that i could see like earlier in the day when you could see down and it would have an LCT chasing, and you're like, oh, my gosh. I, I kept you- looking over. You got, I got one. He thought you had a trout on every time. And and I think your new name should be the 
Tuichev whisperer because yeah. you just mastered those fish that day. They loved you. Yeah, the Tui King. But, I think I'll be the, the Tui King. King. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it was great, but it was funny. Was that I, I would? It was. <laughs> it was hilarious. But at the same time, I'm like, man, did I just end up designing a fly that I would catch the Tuis? But at the same time, they're catching great trout. Yeah, you caught more so, trout on it than you oh, did yeah. the Tuichev. A- ab- absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that that worked out well, and then I also had I had a super. I won't talk about it too much out of respect for the gentleman that gave me the fly, but let's just say he gave me an incredible fly that if you looked at it, you would never think that it would be for use on Pyramid Lake. I mean, it was up there. It's literally like you're going rock fishing uh, in the salt water. It was that big, that big, but I'll tell you what, I'll I'll leave it at that, but that worked well too. And it's like um, jigging for ling cod. That's what he has, like a ling cod. Fished any salt water gear that day. I mean, we put it clouser minnow little saltwater mm-hmm. rig on my spinner in the afternoon just for fun and ripped five trout on that right yeah yeah just you're crazy yeah you're you're all over you're covering all the dimensions from gearhead to fly fishing and it worked out well yeah. for you like you hit this you use the spin rod off the rocks and that was like the best way to get out you know, to that off that point, and I saw you what ripped yeah. two, two fish. Yeah, like you're just like you're just like oh, like I could see it from the, I could yeah. see it because I was in the water. You're on the shore. I could tell you're just like oh, I'm gonna grab this rod and just cast yeah. it. And you just hung out in the rocks, and on the next thing I see you hooked up. I'm like what? And then I see you hooked up again. I'm like what? And then you just walked away. Well, <laughs> I, and like, I think that what would have worked there well too is, and I never really tried it, but we could have indicator fished. Yeah, off the rocks, you know, and yeah. about probably about a fifteen foot leader probably um, would work. Well. And as the light came down in the evening, you could have come in closer. Yep. So it seemed like when it was bright out, they moved out a bit, and when it was, you know, evening or early morning, they were in close. Yep. And they were just all over the place. Well, and then yeah, when uh, we had Blake moved off into the far yonder. That evening, he was way out there, and then we just stuck off the point, and we weren't that far off the point, maybe 20, 25 feet off the point, and that, that one that one time, you're, you got a hookup, I would get a hookup, you got a hookup, and then we were side by side, remember we got the sign, we got the double hookup. Yep. Like, wham, wham, and it was just yeah. like, what the heck? You and know? then I have pictures of you and Blake with double hookups, like, yeah. it was just a nonstop day. Yeah. It was crazy. Yeah, it was just it's something that's pretty unsuspecting for the season opener because you go out there everyone goes everyone goes out there on season opener blind the only expectation is like hey they're going to be a little bit deeper they're going to chase bait balls but from there you're like what do i do you know yeah. where, where's the bait balls how do i find them where do i go do i go north do i go south do i go to the middle you know and i i saw you know i saw quite a few anglers that were probably on some territory that they were accustomed to like from the spring or when they left the last season yeah. you see them setting up it there didn't work didn't yeah. work skinny you know it, that's yeah. skinny water they're not there yet they're yeah. not there. It's not cold enough yet. And I think actually right now as we're recording this podcast, it would probably be the last nice day out there because the weather is going to start turning. I look at the forecast for the next week, week and a half. It's considerably colder. Yeah. The wind and everything. So that's what some of you look forward to. The float tubes were great and fun. Yeah. That's it, great. But it might get good. Yeah. The bad weather is going to be awesome. Right. And if anything, just, it, it pushes them closer to the shore and all that stuff. And maybe some more big ones because that's it. I mean, we caught you know, over 20 fish on opener and it was no big ones, at least for me. I saw an 11 and a half, two 11s in that range caught, but nothing, nothing big, nothing 15, 20, 25, none of those. No, it's like, it felt like we were playing in that five to 
eight range. Yeah. You know, which is kind of funny because if we're on a river, yeah. that'd be a massive day. Well, these fought really hard this time. You know, other yeah. times of the year they don't fight as hard, but they were just fighting harder than, than, than I could believe. And I had more lost fish for the day. I think Blake would say the same thing. And I don't know about you, but I had eight lost for the day. And um, that's a lot of fish to lose. I mean, that's not just yeah. a bite and lost. They were on the hook. And yeah. this was a big, heavy shank, you know, full barbless hook. It wasn't a pinch hook. So didn't have any traction on it, which, you know, doesn't help. But um, they were just getting off. They were shaking mm-hmm. off. They were fighting really hard. So Right. You know, they're doing well. Yeah. They're doing really. And you can always tell, like, uh, the size of those fish. Um, it's funny when I start getting into the twoies. That was funny. You just get this, you get this hard pull down. Like you'd be like, oh, whoa, and then you get this instantaneous, just constant, constant head shake, and then you're like, ah, oh, twoie. Where the trout had a little bit more, like pull down, pull, pull, and then like a side to side, back and forth, and as you start kind of bring them up, then they start head shaking on you, but a little bit yeah. slower rhythm. Um, but yeah, it was fun. either way. It was it was it was fun, and I think one of the coolest parts was it was like a National Geographic day out there because everyone hears about the bay polls. You talk about them, you look for them, and you'll see them. You'll see them breaching the surface and stuff. But I oh, I, I had the, the the luxury of like actually, I mean, you would see them from a distance, but I had one pass right underneath me. It was like being on the ocean. Yeah. I mean, it felt there's like hundreds of thousands of these little twoies that are like two inches big, three inches big. And then you see the coolest thing where you see them, you see like these tunnels getting carved through them. Like you yeah. see it's open because a trout just comes through like a torpedo. Almost yeah. like you almost can't catch them because they're moving that fast, just ripping through and just cutting that ball. And the ball would move left and the trout would come out of the right, punch through. Then they shift direction and they were just they were just moving these bait balls like orcas move, yeah. you know bait out in the open ocean and dolphins move you know tuna yeah. and anchovies and all that i think stuff. you just got to get no, on the sorry. edge of the bait ball and what they're doing is you look they think it's a dying or a dead one that's been you know hit or bitten or something and so you're just fishing right on the edge of the bait ball and or right below it at the bottom of it just drop it right to the bottom and bammo every time it seemed yeah yeah you know. so i it's 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 a great time out there right now and i think the biggest one of the coolest things I saw is like I went out there, so we're we're big Adams Built fans. Like we we love the waders, the oh, gear, yeah. and the nets and all that stuff. And I went out with my salmon steelhead net. I actually used it as my crossbar on the float tube. It worked out perfect with that yeah. long handle. I just yeah. went through there and I'd lean on that. And then Jeff had his. He just had the regular river trout net, like the the, oh, deep, yeah. the deep basket one, but it's like yeah. the little handheld one. Yeah. We were just cramming the fish oh, in yeah. there. Oh, yeah, they just bent in half and fit right in yeah. there. Yeah, and then like, boom. <laughs> just knocked them right out, yeah. Right. Which is took the hook out and flopped them out. Right. It was just like... Yep. But, you know, the, the gear was great in the float tube. I, I'll be honest, I was a little nervous because I'm almost... I'm gotten through two seasons with this pair of waders. I usually don't get that many. Mm. And uh, I don't buy the top of the line stuff you know i buy the stuff that i like and and it's just that you know just solid and i'm sitting in the water all day long and didn't leak no so no and you got you got the uh you got the walker river waiter yeah which i I remember when you first wore those at the walker river yeah i didn't buy the the upgrade what's that the truck the the truck you want so you know good job adam's built because these have been put to the test i walked around on the rocks and the socks on them and 
You know, right. they, they didn't leak, and right. I'm two seasons in. I usually don't get more than one season out of a pair of, right. you know, inexpensive waders. So right. I'm, I'm happy. Yeah, and you've taken those to a lot of places. But yeah, P- Pyramid doesn't have the obstructions like a river does with like the thorny, but so much of the thorny bushes. You're not, you're not, you're not popping brush like you would on a river, and that usually accounts for a lot of your wader leakage. But the uh, uh, what you might call it, the alkalinity and that high pH yep. in pyramid makes up for that. Right. You know, it eats through anything. Yeah. I mean, and I don't rinse them. I don't do anything. No, I just, don't. I don't take care no, of them. Don't. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm impressed, actually. Yeah. Yeah. No, that that's awesome. It's great to have good gear out there. I mean, it, it makes yeah. all the difference in yeah. the world. It either makes or break your day. It makes yeah. or breaks your yeah, day. Yeah. You so. got to have. Be yeah. dry because yeah. it'll be cold. So what is the next step? Speaking of getting cold, are we? You know where where are we going to fish it now? Yeah. Well, I think I think as that water gets colder, we're going to start seeing the fish. Uh, well, it's hard to say. I think they'll start moving. They'll start moving north and south because they they tend to want to hang out in certain water. You got to think about it like any still water. You know, one classic place for a, a trout to hang out would be near the mouth of a river. So that puts you south, right? Because you have a constant oxygen flow. You got a constant food supply and whatnot. And then the other end is where is there concentrations of food, concentrations of wind building up on the shoreline um, and deep water. And that'd be the north, you know. So um, I think you're seeing them high and low, you know, like meaning north and south. I think as that colder, colder weather progresses, the water temperature drops, um, Hopefully they'll start moving towards the traditional beaches so we can get back on our ladders and chairs. Yeah, float tubes are cool, but they're a little freaky on Pyramid because that that's a lake that can just turn right. on turn on notice. Like just boom, right. just get crazy. So yeah, I know none of us ever got too far out, and we were in, you know, we were off we were off a section uh, close to Warrior Point, um, not right. the traditional Warrior, but you know we stayed within a stone's throw just in case something came up. Yeah, you know, but it's not a good plan to plan on using float tubes out there yeah really i mean yeah it's it's i mean all around or boats my opinion yeah so yeah i mean all all around it could be deemed as a poor decision but you know it was but the the conditions aren't what you're 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 used to out there they're flat i mean it's glass out there almost a slight a couple mile per hour breeze um it's beautiful out there you know but that's all about the change which sucks but then at the same time it's great because You know, if the, if the winds, all we know is if we're, we're fishing that, that western shore and the wind's blowing in your face and there's there's yeah. waves on the shoreline, there's fish. Oh, yeah. We just need that heavy line, yep. big long rod, and just wing it out there. And, and just right from it, we don't even need ladders at that point. I mean, <laughs> we don't, not really. Yeah. If it's too windy, well, if you if you can stay on the ladder and you can get a cast, yeah. great. Right. If it's too windy for the ladder, might be too windy to cast. <laughs> you might want but, to call it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you're you're definitely gonna get something. Yeah. My biggest one for me last season was just in the head on wind down off of uh the rocks or you know that steep beach at Shot Dog. Yep. And just ripping in my face yeah. and uh standing in six inches of water and barely able to cast. Yep. Yeah. They're up in there. Yep. It's awesome. Um, well, yeah. So, I mean, that, there it is. That's just a quick little, um, preseason opener report to kind of 
get you warmed up to what's going on out there. And by the time you hear this, say that whole cool preseason on the boat thing might be over, might not, you know, but just be prepared for that shift in season. Cause normally when that first week of November comes around and we're still almost a month away from that, but the way the weather's looking, it could turn into November yeah. and October pretty quick. But well, don't yeah. get me wrong on the boats. I mean, there's a ton of great boaters out there. They know yeah. what they're doing and, yeah. and they've got nice rigs. You got to have good gear. You have to have good so gear. That's there. where I say, I'm not big on the float tubes and all that because you just don't have the gear. You don't. You can't sustain the wind blowing you out. But you've got a good boat, or you're with a guide. I think it's it's fine. Yeah. No. It's 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 good to go. It's absolutely good to go. Um, yeah. And with that being said, yeah. Big thanks to Adams Built for all the awesome gear and, and helping out with that. And uh, we, we'd highly recommend it. And we were out there with loop rods and tackle. Love the stuff. We had a great season on it last year. Uh, doesn't let us down, especially when it comes, uh, you know, to getting a big fish on. It's just it's second nature for that rod. It's uh, I got we we got quite a few pictures of Jeff with trophy size fish on one handing on his switch rod and holding the quarters in the other, getting the fish in, <laughs> just making sure everything's in check there. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, Monic Fly Lines. We're working with Monic Fly Lines now. It's a cool, awesome new line. So you'll see us out there with that. Um, and been tying with Semper Fly materials and stuff. It came out with the new Yakatui Chub. That thing was awesome killer. So we're stoked yeah. on this new material stuff. It's just higher quality and it makes a more realistic presentation. And that that makes uh, makes all the difference in the world. And if you're looking for uh, any um, any guiding out there, I would reach out to the Pyramid Fly Company. We're not guiding out there this year, but uh, Pyramid Fly Co. Reach out to those guys. They'll get you set up. So. Um, and any, what, did you bring any special secret food out this time? That's really important. I've been oh. leaving that out lately. But. Oh, because of your, the burrito component. You yeah, you didn't bring any, I didn't bring Man, any Man, it was hard out. to eat this time. Yeah. I just, I barely made it in for sunscreen. Yeah. Um, you know, I think I'll have to save that to the next podcast because I, I think I lost weight at opener this year. You did. Like, with the exception of some Coors Light, I pretty much went. You ate half a hamburger. You gave me the other half. I knew yeah, something was I wrong. I think I ate a half a hamburger on opener, and that was it. Yeah. yeah. I, I couldn't wait to get back in the water. Yeah. Well, next time so, we got to bring out, we got to whip out some of the uh, chorizo burritos and some of Jeff's famous chimichurri. Which version you're going to bring out, I don't know. I don't want to know. It's always wait a surprise. to talk about that. Yeah. 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 We'll do one just specifically on the importance of having... The correct chimichurri uh, at Pyramid Lake, and maybe we'll talk about paella at the at the at the lake. I mean, why not? Why not? I mean, that'd be like there's the we're gonna have the days they're gonna suck. Yeah, they're coming. We're just gonna have to cook indoors, like in the back of the truck or something, because that wind it'll blow too much dirt in our food. <laughs> That's true. That's true. But that would have to be It'll killer be out there. It would yeah. be so. All right, well, cool. Thanks for joining us, Jeff, and giving us a little insight on how awesome it was out there. And hopefully we'll have a bunch of repeat days like that uh, throughout this season. And uh, you got anything else to add before we go? Yeah, thanks for having me, Nico. Anytime, I man. love it. Bearfish Alliance is cool. It's <laughs> awesome. It. <laughs> it's awesome. All right, cool. If you, if you want to check out all the podcasts, you go to anchor.fm slash bearfish, or you can go to our website, bearfishalliance.com. Go to the, pa- the podcast tab. And there's all kinds of cool podcasts. But again, thanks for listening. And until next time, tight lines. We are-